you're listening to Youth and Loud, the show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we're joined in the studio with Glenn Munzo, founder of the YouthU program, and Matt Runnels, the CEO of Mindful Oz, to talk about youth issues such as managing mental health and overcoming drug addiction. Plus, Matt will also be talking with us about a song written by Beyond the Four called Bring Me Back to Life, which is about his battle with mental health. All right, so welcome back to Youth and Loud on Sin. Uh, I'm joined in the studio with Glenn Munzo, who heads up the Youth U program. We're also joined in the studio with Matt Runnels, the CEO of Mindful Oz, who is a public speaker and is passionate about creating awareness about mental health. Um, so just to kick us off, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how things have been going this year with your organisation? Um, so Glenn, if we can start with you. Yeah, um, yeah, this has been really good. Um, as you know, like yeah, last time we've been like you know touring um, around Australia, um, just you know spreading the message and showing people, educating schools and communities, showing that them that you know they can overcome and recover from your drug addiction. Um, and we've also opened up a second location as well now, awesome. um, up in Druon. So yeah, this year's been been really good for the youth youth program. So lots of growth and yeah. Um, and Matt, what, what about yourself? How how's how have things been this year? And uh, particularly with Mindful uh, Oz, how's how's it all been going? Yeah, well, things have um, got pretty very busy with Mindful Oz over the last six to twelve months. We um, became a not-for-profit organisation um, as of September of last year, and so I've spent uh, the best part of this first month, first part of six months of this this year over in America, uh, touring, speaking about my lived experiences with uh, mental health and suicide mm. um, and then since I've been back at the end of July I've been in the office and um, trying to build our programs and our workshops towards um, the construction industry, the um, apprenticeship, um, all the construction industry in the trades and also now we're developing a school program so yeah we're very busy and it's quite overwhelming all the opportunities in office that have come through. Um, with the experiences that you've both had, uh, what would you say some of the, the most prevalent issues which affect youth today in, in Australia? Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of, you know, I guess peer pressure. There's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot of issues with, you know, with, with drugs as well. Like I think, mm. you know, there needs to be more um, programs for, for kids in schools. Um, so, you know, I was at a school yesterday and, you know, a, like a lot of, I guess, if people aren't, if kids aren't doing good in school, or you know, they're they're not interested in, you know, studies or whatever. You know, mm. I feel like sometimes, you know, kids are kind of put to the side and they don't know where, like, where they where they fit in. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I I just think one one of the biggest problems at the moment is just, I don't know, giving them a space or you know, a place where where, where they're belonging to something, whether that be programs or mm. you know, a positive environment or you know, something like that. So. Um, so I guess uh, when it comes to youth in high schools, particularly who might struggle with drug, drug addiction, you're seeing that there's a, a lack of adequate support for these kids in school. Um, do you think that, I guess, perhaps more needs to be done to provide the right kind of support? Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I just think just something that I guess the kids in, that can like have something that they can relate to as well. So. Mm. Um, you know, obviously if it's someone or something that they can relate to, then, you know, people will speak up more and feel more comfortable as well. Yeah. And Matty, if I can just turn to you, uh, in addition, I guess, to the issues which Glenn has touched on, what, what other kind of issues do you think that you struggle with today in, in, in Australia? Yeah, basically the huge one for mental health and for suicide in the area that I work in, it's, it's really that stigma that's associated that... Um, allows people to suppress their feelings and hide what they're really experiencing. I think with this day and age and the way technology is evolving, makes pretty, uh, it makes it pretty hard for people who are experiencing them dark and dangerous thoughts to speak up because they're hiding behind a phone and there's no that there's no face-to-face value or contact like there used to be. So mm. it's definitely something that's getting worse and worse. But um, the more understanding and acceptance and the more things we have out there and awareness, well gives them a better chance at speaking up and getting the help and treatment that they require but I yeah I definitely think the stigma and 
the ability to hide behind a computer screen or mm. um, not not be able to have them conversations with people face to face is something that makes a lot of people struggle. Yeah. Um, so you say that the the culture of Australian society. Um, um, do you think it makes it harder for people who might be going through something in their life to to have that open conversation and to you know talk about what they're going through? Yeah. Because a lot of people can sit there and say they're not fine behind or say they're okay from behind a text message mm. or or write a a deep and dark post on Instagram or Facebook. But you know they've they're seen these days as cry for help. But if you actually had that face contact and sat down and had the conversation to see someone, see mm. them vis- uh, visibly struggling, the mm. tears the worry in their voice, the isolation, mm. all that sort of stuff, it makes it a lot easier to be able to help them. But why they sit behind a, um, a TV or technology and behind social media, it's, it's hard to identify them visible signs of, of struggle. Um, so I guess is one of the things which you try to do at Mindful Oz would be to encourage people who go through mental health issues, um, perhaps they struggle with suicide or another form of a mental uh, health problem is one of the things you would encourage them to do would be to to be in relationship and to try and get alongside other people and to I guess get through their problems with others is that something that you emphasize as an organization yeah absolutely I think one of the biggest things that we rely on and that I try and push on my philosophy that got me through and got through my, my individual journey was was uh, surrounding myself by people who made me feel alive and that connection. And that's that's something that I really want to instill in my organisation and um, getting in people and being able to encourage them to do different things. And yeah. um, I think connection's the biggest the biggest thing for people moving forward. Yeah. As Glenn said, it's being able to be relatable um, and realistic with things we're going through, not tiptoeing around them and sugarcoating things, but yeah. telling it how it is. Mm. Um, and... As I said, I'll keep reiterating, it's it's that connection. Once we connect with people, we can encourage them. Once we encourage them, they have acceptance. Once they find acceptance, they get an understanding for what they're experiencing. And through that, they can find hope. And once you've found hope, you've got a chance of recovery. Yeah. And Glenn, I take it that would be very much a similar philosophy that the Youth Youth Program endorses, is that connection with people and, and community in fostering those relationships? Yeah, the, um, the connection is, is essential. Um, I believe, you know when we're you know on drugs or you know when we're off the you know on the wrong path it's because we're disconnected from ourselves our communities you know the whole isolation everything you know mm. so it's all about yeah that that connection with yourself with your community with your family um the connection is definitely the key to to, to getting on the right track exactly what he just said you know that vulnerability just being real sharing your story of what what you've gone through um and what you are still going through again that creates connection because people are going to respond better with that you know so mm. the more real and raw he can be and even myself like with our stories and stuff like that kids you know people communities you know that they will respond better to that and again that creates the connection to you know speak up and and get that help as well it all comes back to that connection so yeah you know even when we when we sh- when we share these stories and 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 we show that vulnerability side you know there's power in that because again it creates that connection to to get the help and speak up and realize that you know all those emotions and and things that you were going through you know like other people go through that as well Mm. um yeah you know i think um you just you touch on a really good point there glenn in terms of the vulnerability and connecting in that place yeah um because i guess you can have a relationship with someone or even live in the same house but that doesn't necessarily mean you're connecting yeah you can still be completely shut off from that person um but i guess connecting on the kind of level that you guys are talking about requires a certain degree of vulnerability and de- yeah it uh, requires a certain degree of honesty to say look um, I can say I'm okay, but this is how I really am going. This yep. is crap, and, and this sucks, and I'm struggling with this. And that, I guess, um, I hope this is making sense, that, I guess, opens up that real and, 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 and raw connection you yeah. guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, like I, I always say to the guys on my program as well, like, vulnerability equals power as well. Mm. Um, we both wouldn't be where we are right now if we didn't you know, put mm. those walls down and be vulnerable at one stage in our lives anyway. What do you think are some of the causes underneath these issues that young people can, can face? Uh, well, with, I know it's a different... I've, I've already touched a little bit on it, but the thing with social media and trying to keep up with everyone else, trying to be the same as everyone else, trying to be as good as that person or trying to have everything that this person has and mm. the fear of not wanting to look any less than anyone else. So, therefore, 
I can't tell people how upset I am or show people that I'm struggling or or anything like that because it's a fear of, of not being as good as the next person. Everything's sort of mm. blown up on a platform these days on social media where people are competing for likes and, and, and yeah, just fake stuff like that. So yeah. it really stems it really stems people from being who they really are. And yeah. when you can't be who you really are, um, it's that's how you end up in a dark and dangerous place. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just just like doing drugs, like doing drugs isn't really who you are anyway. Mm. And we touch on values as well. So I think when you get, you know, all all these, I guess, I don't know these these fake things that that you know that we think are important that aren't. Mm. Um, we, we you know we sometimes I guess if we're always comparing ourselves to other people, then mm. we're not you know we're not grateful for you know our situation because we're c- comparing ourselves to almost like a fake you know fake reality or a fake life that's that's on that like social media that doesn't mm. you know that doesn't exist you know that's everything how you end up with the wrong sort of friendship group because mm. you've got people that are following you or liking you or want to be around you because of these this thing that you're trying to portray mm. instead of being around the people that actually make you feel alive the people that that like you mm. because you're honest and because you open up about you can get vulnerable like we're talking before it's you know i get mocked all the time because i do what i do and i speak of being an advocate for mental health and suicide and talk about how i've had suicide attempts and, mm. and obviously there's going to be people that are embarrassed and ashamed about being around that or supporting that and that's the stigma we're going through but yeah. the right people are around me as i say mm. on when i talk and Glenn said before, when you get vulnerable and let them walls down and be who you really are, yeah. it's funny how things tend to go your way and yeah, definitely. life gets a lot easier. And you'll attract the right people as well. Um, you know, like what Matt was just saying, like if you know if the right if the people around you aren't accepting of, of who you truly are, then obviously they're not they're not your people. That's mm. not the that's not the right people for yourself as well. Yeah. If you're being pressured into doing things that you don't want to do, whether that's you know with drugs, um, obviously you're not around the right people as well mm. um you know so if a young person's trying to identify who who are the right people to be around me as opposed to who are the wrong people who are the people who might have a negative impact on my life yeah um would a way to test that um would be i guess to do with how you're feeling would yeah you yeah definitely you? like you know I, I remember like for myself you know when i told people that you know i wanted to be a personal trainer and at the time i was 112 kilos i was still on drugs and i was still mm-hmm. selling drugs like people laughed at me mm-hmm. and then when i said it to a different kind of people not like, now, they they yeah, well, well they, like they, they supported it you know what i mean yeah. they were like yeah like you need to do that you can mm-hmm. like you need to stop selling drugs you need right, to get off yeah. drugs you need to get back to who you were as a kid and stuff like that so if you got mm-hmm. the right people around you supporting exactly what like who you are mm. then then definitely it feels good and like people will know that anyway if you're getting peer pressured and you know you're doing drugs or crime or whatever it is it feels crap anyway mm. so you obviously know you know that that's not your circle of friends or that's not your people as well so you know you definitely want to be around the people that you know make you feel alive that encourage you that support you that get you um mm. you know and i like i still do this in in my life right now um you know you surround yourself with people that are, you know, on a similar mission as well. You know, that's how I connected with Matt. Yeah, that was some of the best, happiest times of my life in the last six years have been uh, when I started out as an ambassador for another charity. I was surrounded by like-minded, passionate people Mm. that wanted the same things in life that I did. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I become healthy and I become pushed to be better and I started doing things that that represented who I really was instead of trying to hang around the wrong crowd and suppressing how how I felt or what I wanted to achieve because they would laugh at me. Like, mm. Yeah. You know, and as Glenn said, it's, it's about hanging around the people that, mm. that lift you and make you a better person. And funnily enough, being an advocate in mental health, it was surrounding myself by people at a charity that were like-minded, mm. passionate people like I was, yeah. that I become well. You're listening to Youth and Loud. What do you think a young person needs to live a healthy and positive lifestyle? Um, I think you've touched on a few things already, but what what do they need to to do that? Um, there's there's heaps. Um, <laughs> in, I, I believe environment is important. Your environment's either going to make you grow or not. Mm. Um, community connection, routine, um, health, role models, having someone that's you know that's that you're accountable to as well. Um, I think there's 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 so much, but um. I guess, you know, it, it all, you know, if you sum it, like your environment, really, 
because you know if you're in the right environment you'll find all those things in that yeah um if you're not then you know um how, how easy do you think it is you mentioned um accountability is one of the factors which yeah. helps a young person have that positive and healthy lifestyle yeah how, how easy is that and then what what does that look like so like for me like accountability like for me it's you know it's it's a mentor someone that's positive could be at a footy club, could be a coach, could be a personal trainer or whoever it is. It's someone that you're accountable to that's going to raise you up on a higher standard mm. as well. Um, the you honesty know. of keeping you in check when you're not. Yeah. When you're not, you know, they know yeah. where you want to go, mm. but when you drop off, are they there to pick you up? Mm. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's that, that sort of our accountability for yeah. mates that's, that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed that you've been going off track a little bit. Mm. What about we get back on it? So I guess friends who aren't afraid to challenge you and just to be honest, even if it might be a tough conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think um, I was watching something the other day, like if you're around people that are going to challenge you, then that that's equals growth. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 So I, I think the more that you're challenged, the, the, the growth that, that comes with that as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned this before, Matt, in terms of... Uh, uh, social media and Facebook and I guess how it can be a negative impact in the sense that they uh, compare themselves with others um, and it sounds like they try and get their identity based on you know how like they are online and they wrap up their self-worth based on you know people liking them or commenting um, or other other things in society as well as social media which are really having a negative impact in a way. Yeah, it does. I, I've mentioned the things that have a really negative impact, but it's the same with anything that we go through. The onus just really comes back to ourselves, and mm. you know, to identify that they are, they are toxic sort of things that happen on social media, mm-hmm. and yeah. do we want to be a part of them? You know, I see a lot of people that come through um, our inbox at Mindful Oz, and they're struggling and, and whatnot, and then they might throw a post up that's you can, you know, fishing for likes and, and love. But mm. is that the real love that you want? Is that the yeah. is that the yeah. Is that the following you want to... We talk, we've, we've mm. already harped on it. You just, is that the feel, following you really want behind you? That, mm. That's sort of fake. Um, yeah, social media following. But social media is good for a lot of things. You know, we, uh, you know the ability to be able to shout out to someone or pick up the phone and, and mm. message them. Mm. Um, technology, you know, it's the way it's going and we've got to accept that and, and take the good out of it and, and yeah. identify what the weakness is in it and, mm. and rid ourselves of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, also like pressure as well, which you which you get from from the social media as well, just mm. comparing yourself and the pressures of life of where you, I guess, you know, where you should be or how you should look or mm. you know how you should act. So, yeah, um, and I guess it's part of the message that um, Facebook or so social media can send is that uh, you're you're never good enough, or there's always more, there's always something you need more, something you need to do more, and it's never enough. So I guess young people might struggle to just be still and accept that, no, I'm enough. Yeah, huge. Um, I still have that myself. When I see yeah. people my age and they've got, they've got cars and got houses and got kids and married and sorted out and sit there, but it's about, and I know Glenn does too, it's about practising gratitude yeah. and, and realising mm. and being grateful for what you do have mm. and acknowledging the path that we are on and, 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 and the hope that and faith that w- what we're doing is right and that it'll... You know, yeah. we'll get our just deserves. It's about knowing your value and knowing your worth, and, and practicing that gratitude every day. Yeah, so. mm. yeah, that gratitude is really, really powerful. Um, instead of focusing on what you don't have, you focus on what you do have, mm. um, and they'll definitely change your mindset. Definitely change yeah. your perception on life as well. You know, gratitude things that we take gra- like for like for granted. Yeah. Um, so you know, look like look around. As long as you, you know, you do have two parents or family or whatever it is there's, there's so much to be grateful for yeah. you've got a roof over your head you've got internet you've got clean water you've got mm. lights you've got you know if you focus on all the all the gratitude that you've got you realise that sometimes the things that we're stressing over mm. don't even really matter really obviously it's a, it's a working mm. thing um, to practice gratefulness yeah. every single day it's not just practising what we're grateful for in life mm. yeah get up of a morning and or at the end of the day and practise 10 things that you're grateful for that day and yeah. it might be someone holding the door open for you it might be the smile mm. you got it might be the car that let you in in, in the traffic yeah. we could even look, look out the window and it could be raining you know someone could be like oh it's raining it's cold it's, uh, or someone else could look at that and be like oh you know it's calming it's relaxing or, or yeah. whatever it is mm-hmm. the gratitude changes perception 
Um, how, how many young people do you say struggle with mental health in Australia? And what would you say are the main reasons a young person may have poor mental health? I'd definitely say that the reason people have poor mental health is because they have no education, no understanding of what they experience. Mm-hmm. There's still... Oh, I know that when I went through school, there was no, no education around mental health and there's still mm. in schools no education around mental health. Yes, some schools are receiving programs and stuff like that, but it's a lack of education. When, yeah. when you don't know about something... It's, it's hard to improve it or better it. Mm. So um, as it's, that's what Mindful's all about, is teaching people what I wish I had of known. It's getting programs in schools and at the earliest of intervention so mm. that we can teach people the things that I've lived through so people don't have to get to that part where what I did with no understanding and, and fall in the deep end. Yeah. With having some sort of acceptance for it, we can work on it and better ourselves. But while we don't know anything about the topic, mm. it's pretty hard to combat the thoughts and feelings that might happen. Yeah. Horrific situations are going to happen in our life all the time. They're, inevit- they're inevitable. But if we don't know how to combat them and we have no resilience, mm. we haven't built no resilience through school, it's pretty hard to combat. I think it was a really good insight that you mentioned before, Matt, in terms of uh, kids growing up in schools and getting education about all kinds of things, but there's a neglect of education about mental health. And you mentioned that they can go through traumatic events or difficult times in life things, and they don't know how to respond to it and to manage that in a healthy way. Um, how, How can society move forward into helping kids and helping teens learn how to manage to these traumatic circumstances which take place in life it's it's the same stuff again it's you know there is i I see it all the time you have people that say well matt there's no one out there doing anything there's no resources on there's no one there's no charities that offer this Mm. well there is and there is for most of the things that they ask me about like bereavement of suicide on families that are struggling there's nothing for it well there is there's heaps of it mm. it's like people say there's no education in schools well the organisations out there yeah. they're working their ass off yeah, to yeah. get education in schools and mm. they've got programs that they're ready yeah, to yeah. roll out and I know I do as well mm. the thing that stops us is, is having the support and funding of a lot of yeah. um, the government structures and right, okay. obviously there's only you know it's hard to spread so much money in so many different places mm. and I understand that but um, there is people out there doing some amazing work in the mental health and mm. suicide prevention field yeah. all over Australia. Mm. Um, so yeah, it does anger me a little bit when you hear people say there's no one out there doing anything. Yeah. Obviously, there's people that um, are struggling to get their programs to the next level or to, to roll them out and not getting enough support for them. But yeah. there is some amazing people doing some amazing work out there. So it's just about making sure you know that there are the resources and stuff out there you know how hard are we actually looking for these resources yeah so what does it look like for a young person to have positive mental health or what are the signs of someone who has positive mental health i know when i've got positive mental health as we've talked before it's you know i've got all my support i've got a great support system in place Mm. i've got friends asking me how i am it's, it's people not taken for granted that um, I look functional and I look well. It's, mm. you know, they're checking in on me and going, you know, Matt, we know that you've got this disorder mm. and every day can be a struggle and they're checking in. It's, for me, it's, it's the exercise and, and the nutrition. It's, there's a n- number of different things for a positive mental mm. health. Um, uh, my compassion for me is huge. Um, gratitude. Yeah. Um, all when these when you say compassion, can you unpack that a little bit? I always say if, if you want to make other people happy, practice compassion. If you want to make yourself happy, practice compassion. Um, there's nothing more rewarding in life than helping people that cannot help you. Mm. And, and ever since I've got involved in mental health advocacy and helping people, um, I'm very grateful that I've had this journey in a, in a very weird way mm. because I've learned gratitude, I mean compassion, and I've learned to help people. Once upon a time, I couldn't really give a shit about anyone. And all of a sudden now, it's the only thing I seem to care about is everyone else. Yeah. Um, compassion is nearly number one for me. Um, yeah, just watching what comes out of my mouth <laughs> and the effects that it has on other mm. people, but also the ability to help people. Yeah. We yeah. all are qualified as one another mm. to help people. 
as I said before, with ment- with mental health and noticing if someone's struggling, it's the the reflex head nods, it's the it's the hugs, it's the the ears that are listening with no intent to reply and no judgment. It's not necessarily about having the answers. It's just about being there for mm. someone, and, and we are all qualified as such to do so. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned some really good points there, Matt, to, to practice um, compassion, to not be judgmental, to be a listening ear, and also the importance of um, being careful about the words which come out of our mouths and the impact that can have on others. And I think you mentioned it before, to try and do that towards all people, um, regardless of their background Absolutely. or what they look like, how they may come across. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a huge one for me, compassion. Mm. I speak about it. Right. As much as I can, and, and and funnily enough, a massive massive shift in me, and you know, as I, I you know, without going too much into my story, but you know, four suicide attempts, and 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 mm. probably the reason I haven't had one for three years is the the ability that, that I've found compassion, that mm. I can teach compassion, and I share compassion with yep. myself, but also others. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, it's I've been or well, not well ever since, but mm. I've been a lot better off than I used to be ever since I found advocacy and and the ability to help people. You're listening to Youth and Loud. Why is creating awareness around mental health issues so important and what what are some of the main things that a young person should know when it comes to mental health? Um, Oh, they should know. Yeah, there's so many different things that they should know. Um, Just there's not even a basic education out there and awareness for for the signs and symptoms and as we talked about earlier it's that through the lived experiences of people that have ex- have gone through it yep. will be the most empowering way to teach people mm. um, the ins and outs and the unbeknowns of, of what actually transpires when you'd struggle with either drug addiction or mental health so mm. um, uh, but let's just start with a basic education yeah. uh, and and making people aware of all the mental illnesses and what they're all about. If there's one main thing or two main things that young people should know when it comes to, to drug addiction, Glenn, what what would that be? Um, I've like, I've like, I think just you know, in terms of like you know, drug addiction, that that it is that it is serious and it is real um, as well. I think you know that that whole education, you know, with drugs and where it's going to take you and and what it does to you as well. Yeah. Again, it's like that whole awareness and the reality of where it does actually take you yeah, yeah. Um, and where it will end up as well. So I guess um, it sounds like, Glenn, that, that one of the main things amongst young people when it does come to understanding drug addiction is a lack of knowledge about the serious consequences of drug yeah. addiction. Yeah. Like they might think that they can get involved without it perhaps doing any harm. Yeah, yeah. Um, when reality, it can do a massive amount of harm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think sometimes, you know, like people think it's all fun and all that sort of stuff and, mm. you know, until something happens um, and then they don't know what to do. And I think... Yeah, what, he was, what Glenn was just saying, you know, we've, we've basically touched on the same thing all night, but, you know, you can go and put this education in the schools that we're talking about at an early age, but... As it's, it has to be done and it's going to be hard to do it but mm. it has to be done by people that have lived this experience yeah. mm. people that you can relate to people that are realistic in their approach to teaching you about it mm. not people that haven't been there and, and that, that will be very hard to achieve mm. but mm. I know that to relate to someone that's been and lived it for mm. me yeah. with lived experiences the hard confronting stuff that Glenn's been through mm. with addiction and dealing and trouble with the law mm. that's the stuff that will grab you and yeah. once you're grabbed you yeah. can then educate mm. and it's the same with me people, point, yeah. people want to hear about the suicide attempts which is the most irrelevant part to my mm. journey but once I talk about suicide I've grabbed them and then from there I can educate them yeah. but if you don't have them things to grab people with you're preaching and once you're preaching mm. it's in one ear and out the other yep. and I wonder if that's um, I guess one of the things which may put some people off who are seeking help in regards to getting counselling or therapy and don't get me wrong, got nothing at all against counselling or therapy in any way but I wonder if they might get put off because as you're saying um, that person doesn't necessarily have the experience Mm. but people like you Matt and and you Glenn actually have that living experience and you know what it's like Um, so it's just 
Yeah, it's just richer and yeah, it's it's it, again as you said, it's it's I hats off to clinicians and professionals and, and people in their field that do the amazing work they do, um, but I truly believe that without that connection mm. of knowing that the person that I'm letting in on all my dark and dangerous thoughts yeah. and feelings mm. knows exactly what they're like to have them yeah. and knows what it's like to feel like I do on this side of the table. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty hard for it, pretty hard to sit there and tell someone who doesn't know what you're experiencing. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, as well as I always tell clinicians when they ask, what can we do better if we don't have that lived experience? And it's like what we talked about earlier, it's connection. Mm. It's not sitting there and asking a strategic list of 10 questions to find out if you aren't well. Yep. It's establishing a friendship before you worry about that. Mm. Once you feel like, okay, I'm meant to be here, this person's all right, mm. this person's listening, mm. the reflex head nods like I was talking about before, mm. I feel like I've got a friend. Mm. Once I feel like I've got a friend, then we can get something out of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because like, like even for myself, I remember when I had to go see you know a psychologist or whatever. I was just like a list of ten questions, you know. Um, are your parents together? Is this together? You know, like you know, um, why did your parents split? Oh, your dad's an alcoholic. Um, what you know, out of your siblings, what you know, what what number are you? And you know, like it was just all these questions, and then all of a sudden it was you know, according to statistics, you know, there's a very high chance that you're going to be an alcoholic, because um, you're the middle boy, um, usually middle child. You know, you know, like, and if you think about just in general, say if you had an issue like yourself, and you're like, hey, I'm struggling with this, and then I just said, oh. So how many kids are in your family? How many do you get? What I mean? Th- that yeah, already breaks up the mean. connection. It's not, it's not as um, it's not as personal. Yeah, and there's yeah, you're losing that personal connection. And um, I agree hundred percent. I feel like you know the first, the first step in terms of helping ed- anyone, whether you're a counselor, whether you're a um, a friend at school, yeah, um, or whether you're um, a social worker, what have you. The first step I think needs to be building a report, building a yeah. relationship with the person, definitely um, getting to know them, yeah, um, and not having a preconceived agenda that you want them to change, yeah, or that you want them to make particular decisions, yeah. Like get to know them and as know, a person, yeah, as yeah. a person. It's 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 really really imp- when when people come into my like when they come and they have a chat with me. I always ask them, what do you want? Like, what do you want in your mm. life? Don't even touch. Yeah, and that's such a like, good Like, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like anyone in life in general, when you have mm. a... Like, you know, if I'm having a certain situation, then, you know, I'll go to people that I feel understand that better. It's just that connection. Like, we mm. do it anyway. But for some weird reason, when, when when someone comes to us with anxiety, depression, drug addiction, whatever, all of a sudden we start following like a textbook. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When really in everyday life, like if I had a problem with whatever it was, I would be talking to the person that I connect best with on that situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I and I think that's 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 important, and that's what people need to um, understand, like that connection, that rapport. You can't teach that. Mm, that's, that's why it's important feeling. to listen without judgment or mm. intent to reply. Mm. Yeah, and how hard that, is that? Um, sorry to cut yeah. you off, Matt, but how hard is it? Because I, I struggle with this, to, to listen without an intent to reply. Like, to listen, purely just to listen without thinking about what you're going to say next. Yeah. That's, it's challenging. Yeah, because yeah, um, in my field, it, it can be very harmful if you're uneducated and, and, and you what you comes out of your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about mm. can actually be very harmful. Yeah, So that's why I tell people just, you know, it's the reflex head nods like we said before and it's yeah. an intent of no reply. You're just there to listen. Yeah. You're there to hear everything that they're experiencing. Yeah. It, and very simplified answers. It's not worrying about having the yeah. right answers because it'll yeah. be the, the time that you think you've got the right answer yeah. that will might send them 10 mm. steps back. Yeah. And that's, like, really, really important, what Matt just said as well, because, you know, even though for myself, if I'm, like, in a really, really bad headspace, Mm. you know, that's what I want, just someone to just be like, yes, and listen, then, like, even just a judgment or, Mm. you know, sometimes I could just set it off even more, Mm. or that could put me in anxiety, oh, what what do they think of me, and all that sort of stuff, sometimes you just got to be, really, like, just just be there, just, you know. Do you think that part of... uh learning to be a good listener for a friend or for um, whoever it is in life 
um, part of that is having the understanding that often the person just wants to be heard and they don't necessarily want advice. They don't want to be told what to do. Mm. They just want to be heard. They want to vent. They want to get it out. That's it. That's all they want. Um, Yeah. I talk, you know, half the time I have a group of mates that I talk to every single day. We're in a group chat together and we're all, you know, we're all mental health advocates, so it does help. But Mm. sometimes I get in there and, yeah, I go on my rants and say incoherent bullshit. Yeah. Uh, It's... It's important for me to get that off my chest mm. so they know, okay, we don't have to respond to Matt's crap here. Yep. Yeah. We just need to listen to it and let him have that platform to mm. do that because uh. he needs to get that off and once he has, he's sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's not sitting there and joining in the, the rant or you know, yeah. carrying on like I'm carrying on. It's just to sit there and go, okay, well, this is Matt's little moment. Mm. Yeah. And we'll be right after he does it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, I think it's important just to, yeah, to, to listen in those situations as well. Because the last thing, like, you, you don't want to feed it as well when that rant can yeah. Yeah. turn into, like, a six-hour yeah. body, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's... Feed the anger. Because if that's anger and that's yeah. rant, you're, you're getting involved and then it's just... Yeah, now two people are angry. And, you know, and you're feeding it. I'm sitting there going, well, instead of getting it off my chest and, mm. okay, it's off, moving mm. on, it's yeah. all of a sudden she's winding right up. Yeah. So yeah whether that's point, anger yeah. or anything... Yeah. Whether it's someone's done the wrong thing and you just want to make them feel comfortable so you join them in saying, oh, yeah, they're doing the wrong thing. Mm. Yeah. You're feeding it. So yeah. just, it's just sitting there and letting them have it out and, yeah. and moving on. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, um, what can the family and friends of someone who struggles with mental health do to support and help that person? Uh, basically all the same things that we've spoken about, but the only thing yeah. I will add is is educating themselves. Mm. It's, it's, not, it's not going, being the ears and, and um, being the reflex head-ons like we talked about. It's, mm. it's going, okay, well, my son or daughter or family members experiencing this, so I'm going to go away and learn about it. So mm. that I can best understand when they're speaking. Yeah. So I can. Mm. So I can chime in. So I can get involved. So I can help. So I can mm. point them in the right directions. So I can encourage them to go here and there. Mm. I can give them tools and tex- uh, techniques, and, t- and tricks, and ways to manage yep. what they're experiencing. Mm. Understanding what they're going through. Mm. Not just going. Oh well, he's going through that. I'm here for them. Yeah. Well, if you're really there for them you'll do your utmost to support them by going and learning about what they're experiencing, yeah. getting yeah. on the same wavelength. Mm. Um, yeah. That's that's really, really important. Like, I've heard, you know, I've, <laughs> you know, like boys going through depression and stuff like that, and, you know, all of a sudden the dad can't connect with it, and, mm. you know, oh, men back in our day never had this and this and, and all that sort of stuff, and obviously that's just going to create more problems, create more isolation, yeah. create more, you know, like because you feel like no one gets it or understands it I think mm. education you know for, for like family members is, is very very important and essential mm. um, you know for like like for those situations because mm. if if they don't get it like if they don't if they're not educated you know as a family member I think it's only going to create more more problems and, and, and I guess um, in, in connection to what you're saying there Glenn um you mentioned before, Matt, that you know if you, if you don't know what you're talking about, you can say something to the person who's struggling, and it can do more damage um, because you don't know you know the right thing to say or you don't have the knowledge. Um, so I guess part of being educated and learning about um, a particular problem which a family or friend might be going through can give you some skills or the bare basic knowledge so that when you do need to respond and when they're not in a good place, you can do that. Um, in the utmost way like you can do that in a way which is actually going to support them and I, you know it's as easier said than done there's there's a lot of stress that goes into looking and a lot of worry and, and a lot of time and effort that does go into looking after someone that's experiencing both drug addiction and mental illness mm. but at the end of the day it's so worthwhile because mm. what you do may be the change that that person needs mm. that that little bit of education that you've learned or that ability to know when to start a conversation and what to say might be the, the difference in that person staying alive. Mm. So, to me, it's just something you just got to get done. Yeah. Yep. 
I found it interesting before when you said that sometimes uh, a person might assume that someone's okay and because they think they're okay on that day, they might not ask them. They might just kind of leave them. Is part of helping someone who struggles with mental health or drug addiction not being afraid to ask that question? Yeah, it's doing it with discipline. It's one of the... um, A good mate of mine does a does a keynote talk and he talks about the most common lie that we tell every single day and that's I'm fine. It's so true. And yeah. it might be you, you're telling me you're fine mm. and then I go walk away and let it go. But mm. if, I, if I'm if i asking you every single day mm. and it might take 10 days, it might take 20 days and you're saying I'm fine, yeah. it's with discipline as me that's looking after someone mm. that I might break through on day 21. Mm. I, might, I might finally break through on day 45. But if I'm doing it and consistently asking you if you are okay or if I can do anything or are you struggling, is there something I can do to help? Yeah. That I'll make a breakthrough. Because yeah. they know then that that person's not doing it as a mm. as a one-off. They're doing it because they are genuinely interested mm. and care about you. That's so point, while yeah. I've got to manage my illness with, with discipline, mm. it's with discipline that you care for someone. You're listening to Youth and Loud. <laughs> Right, so uh, Matt, I'm aware that recently there was a song written by Beyond the Four entitled Bring You Back to Life, um, which is about the battles that you've endured over the past 14 years um, with your struggles with mental health, sorry, mental illness. Um, can you share with us more about your own personal experience with mental illness um, uh, during that time? Yeah, so um, very humbled by this experience to have a song written um, around my my experiences with mental illness and suicide. Um, as I said earlier, I lost my first mate to suicide when I was 12 years old. Uh, fast forward eight more years until I was 20 and I lost my second mate to suicide. Um, between the age of 20 and 26, I lost four more mates to suicide. Between the ages of 21 and 24, I had four of my own suicide attempts. So I have experienced and seen things that a lot of people haven't. Um, but as I said, it, it's put me in a position where I do what I do now and I live a fulfilling and purposeful life. But um, this song by Beyond the Fall, uh, they came to me and said that they have some lyrics that they've written with what they knew about my experiences. Um, and we sort of worked together and they did an amazing job and they have done an amazing job. And um, I wanted to support them, but they also wanted to utilise their voices um, in the music industry to resonate with people that are experiencing the same things that I was. Mm. So Bring Me Back to Life is a song that um, basically with my journey, it, I had a saving grace. I had a thought on the, in 2012 when I first tried to take my life that was, as a 21-year-old, was a pretty weird thought. It was the thought of one day having a kid. And at 21 years old, to think that was pretty strange. And with all that was going through my head and and content to leave that day, that saved my life. And it's the continuous grounding thought that keeps me well. Um, Can you unpack that a little bit uh, more for me, Matt? So you were 21 years old, you were saying? Yeah. And that was one one of the times where you attempted suicide or, or, or were about to. And then that thought come to mind. So un- unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So look, there was we thought it's it's very hard to um, explain. But with everything that is going through the head in the moments of of that, um, for a thought like that to make the forefront of the brain and mm. and to make sense was the most most weirdest experience. I'd never thought about having a kid in my whole life, and right. to be twenty one and having thoughts of a kid when I. When I wasn't around any girls or anything at that stage in my life so it was a pretty weird thought but that mm. thought is the continuous thought that keeps me grounded and keeps me well I see kids these days and it makes me happy I see I have a goddaughter that you know I'm extremely grateful for and mm. I get photos from her every day and they're the things that keep me well and it's still a very weird thought for me mm. um, and you know but I that's the continuous grounding thought for me that keeps me well so throughout the film clip the um, and the song, the thought that um, who's waiting on the other side, which is a, a, a continual lyric throughout, um, is the thought of of that kid. Mm. And so mm. throughout the film clip, we're looking forward to that because it shows the story mode of, of how things happened and mm. the continual thought of seeing kids when I'm in the worst headspaces and worst moods ever, and they pick me up. 
they make me well. Is there a particular message that uh, you were trying to send people through through the song? Yeah, basically the thought that the best is yet to come. Mm. You know, I still don't have a kid. I still don't have a, even a girlfriend. But the thought of that still is in the future. That's mm. something to work towards. So um, if I had taken my life that day, I would have never ex- had experienced that. Mm. And I would have never had the goddaughter that I've got now. So, you know, all these little things that's showing people that, you know, the best years are still ahead.
the song, you're quite open about your journey with mental health um, in terms of the, the, the lyrics and what you've gone through. How important is it for someone to be open and to talk about what they're going through, um, whether it's um, yeah, mental health or um, another struggle in life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably, probably the number one. The day that I walked in and got myself the help and treatment that I required mm. was the day that, you know, they, things didn't disappear. And think, at the time, I thought that talking about it and going in and getting help and treatment was, that was it, all it was going to take. And it takes a lot more than that. But it's, it's the biggest key component in, in living well and speaking about our things. The more we suppress our feelings, the, mm. the less well we become. So it's the same for drug addiction. Unless you're speaking about the things that you're going through and talk about them openly and yeah. get vulnerable, you, you can't better yourself. So yeah. talking up's the biggest thing, and that's why we have a lot of a lot of trouble with suicide because the stigma tells mm. us that speaking up is is weak. When it's showing you showing your emotions and your vulnerable side is is a true sign of strength. Mm, it's just yeah, like letting it out. You know, like if you don't let it out, you know, all those thoughts, all those yeah, it's just mm. like marinating in your brain, like in your yeah. mind, and it's just. You know what I mean? It's just, this massive build-up. Festers and grows. Yeah, you don't. You let just it out. need to, yeah, like let it out. What other things can a person do to help manage something that they're struggling with in life, whether it's um, drug addiction or mental health or another issue? So um, for me, like you know, again, it's just like peeling back all those, you know, all those things. We, you know, it's more like making sure that you're you know that your mindset is in check and healthy like you know mm. i know for me you know as long as i'm you know training making that time out for me doing my gratitude um focusing on my mindset then then i'm strong like i'm i'm, mm. I'm solid um so i think it's practicing and then even like what matt was saying as well like having the discipline like the discipline you know those foundations like building up those foundations as well um i think that's that's what's important and that's what you know will, will definitely keep you you know in, in that in that good headspace yeah in in the program that you guys do with the youth you program and when it comes to overcoming drug addiction it's very mu much a holistic approach in terms yep. of um, physical activity dieting um, working on your mindset to getting help in that area yeah yeah definitely it's all it's all internal work it's mm. all internal work so um, and then when you when you when you feel good inside here, then obviously that projects and, mm. and leaks out into your life and yep. and whatnot. So it's all it's all definitely internal work because you know if your your thoughts are good and, and you're positive up here, then you know that goes into your actions as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I take it Matt that would be a, a similar thing in terms of um, managing mental health to look at uh, multi facets of your life and not just one area. So which yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at it like Taekwondo. Um, it sounds a bit weird, but it's adding more, sh adding more strings to that b that belt of yours. Mm. Adding more colours, add more stripes to that belt. Mm. Makes you a better fighter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about identifying new ways each and every day to make us a better person. So yeah, it's whether it's exercise, whether it's nutrition. Um, see, with exercise, it's a huge one for me. But if I get if I get injured, mm. exercise goes out the window. So I've mm. got to be able to have a backup plan to replace right, what okay. I'm experiencing. Yeah. So it's huge. Identify, I'm 26 years old and I've just started colouring in. And people will look and laugh at that because I'm colouring in flowers, pink and yellow or whatever in my colouring in book. But if that's a technique that I use to control my agitation yeah. and my anger, mm. and I've just developed that at 26, mm. but if I had developed all these things back earlier, things would change. Mm. But I'm always evolving, as mine and Glenn's two is called evolve or remain. Yeah, and it's the same for both of us. You can either remain the same person and try and fight these struggles, and they're hard as, mm. or you can evolve and become a better, more resilient, stronger person mm. yeah. with a, a lot more strings on your bow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 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 I like what you're saying about um, you know that metaphor with having the belt, and I guess as we go through the journey of life, we can get more and more stripes to to that belt to fall back on yeah definitely that that outlet is in, important every everyone should have an outlet mm. everyone should have a time or you know be doing their thing that that makes them stronger or that you know mm. that thing that you know that that's that's for them everyone should definitely have an outlet mm. that they incorporate in their day um and matt um 
I'm aware that there might be some people listening who have struggled with mental health, such as suicide, or know someone who is struggling with mental health at the moment. Um, what would you say to encourage or to bring hope to these people um, who, who, who listen to this? Yeah, just know that, uh, as I said earlier, it's about acceptance. And at the moment that I accepted what I was experiencing, I gave myself an opportunity to evolve and, and, and to, to understand it. And through that, you can build a resilience. Through resilience, you can, you can find hope. And once you find hope, you, you, you've got an opportunity at recovery. So, you know, not to worry about the people that are going to mock you for coming out and speaking about it. You know, as I said mm. before, it's showing your, showing your most vulnerable side um, and your, and your uh, emotions and talking about them is a true sign of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be people that mock, mock what you're experiencing, no doubt about it, but there's, there's no harm in education. There's a huge um, harm in, igni- in ignorance. So be comfortable in, in what you're experiencing, accept what you're experiencing, but know that the best is yet to come and you are worth it and you're loved and you are unique and at the very least your friends will love that and I guess in, in addition to what Maddie's saying Glenn and more particularly focused on people who might be struggling at the moment with a drug addiction or they might know someone um, what would you say tonight to encourage them or to, to bring hope to, to, to these people um, that it is possible like you know you, you can overcome and recover from your drug addiction it is possible mm. um if it's a loved one, like have compassion for them as well. Um, like even if it's just yourself, have compassion on on yourself as well. You know, I think sometimes don't, you know don't we go too hard on yourself. Yeah, you know whether that's relapse or whatever. Um, you know, and that it will pass, and that there is definitely a way out. You know, the, the, the same thing applies. Just have hope and and faith and believe in yourself and believe that you know that 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 it can happen. Um, and start surrounding yourself with people that that have made that a possibility of you know coming out the other end mm. um, the journey's going to make you a better person I don't promise you that much and I guess that there's a strength and, and, and value not only in the end result of going through a journey to whether it's to recover from a drug addiction or whether it's to, to learn to manage mental health it's not just about the final result but it's also understanding that there's yeah. value in the actual process and the journey and that um, helps build character and it, it changes you um, in, in really, I guess, powerful ways. Yes. Yeah. So I, I can't remember the person that I was prior to all this, really, but mm. um, I, I can't remember him having the values that I've got now. So, to yeah. be honest, I'm very grateful for, for where I'm at. It's Obviously, I've had to see some things and go through some pretty horrific situations that I don't wish upon anyone, but mm. through that, I'm very grateful because it's crafted me into the person that I was meant to become. And, mm. and not not only that, Matt, but as Glenn touched on before, the the fact that you've gone through these experiences that you have um, puts you in a place to help people in so much more of a powerful way than what you ever could have yeah. um, because your experience is so unique and because, as you mentioned before, you, you've seen things and you've learned things and you know things through the journey you've been through, which qualifies you so much to help people who are going through a similar situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, I was, as I was saying, I, I don't know, really remember what sort of person I was before all this, but mm. um, it's, you know, I am, I'm so much better for the experience. Um, and I'm, I'm still evolving each and every day, and I'm, but I'm very grateful that at the age of, you know, 26, I am now, t- a couple of years ago when I first started this journey of advocacy and started helping other people, but when your passions and, and your purpose aligns at mm. such a young age, mm. not many people get to experience that. A lot of people go through life without knowing what they're truly meant to do, yeah. and I'm, I'm very lucky, and people will say, well, you poor you, you've experienced six lot mates to suicide and you've had four suicide attempts and, and, and while I'd still do anything to hear any of those six mates again and, and have a beer with them or whatever but um, I'm very grateful that I'm still here mm. and I'm able to use these experiences to live the rest of my life very fulfilling, enjoyable, healthy and happy. So, Yeah, so that does bring us to an end but on behalf of uh, Youth and Loud and, and the Youth and Loud team, um, thank you so much guys for coming in tonight. Thank you. Thanks for um, having us.
And that brings us to an end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Thanks heaps to Glenn Munzo and Matt Runnels for joining us on the show. If you've felt concerned about anything that you've heard tonight, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. Thanks heaps for listening and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Loud.